Hi, this is Isaac from Unplanned Trek. Just letting you know that I've never, ever heard of Let's Talk About Treks. Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. Welcome, everybody. Hi. Hi. <laughs> My name is Earl Gray. Mine is Jack Dorito. And as the man out front told you, this is Let's Talk About Treks. That's the show that we make every week about new Star Trek. And <laughs> we're so far behind that when new Star Trek stops, which is right about now, we'll still have new Star Trek. <laughs> New-ish. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's new to you. It's the new to you. <laughs> Today we'll be discussing uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, Season 4, Episode 010, <gasps> Old Friends, New Planets. The release date was the 2nd of November, 2023. Yep. Interesting fact, this is the longest episode of the season in a runtime of 30 minutes. Interesting. That is interesting. Uh, it's It seemed that way. It did yes. seem like it was a slightly longer episode than most. Yep. This is the 40th of all Star Trek Lower Decks and the 809th of all of Star Trek altogether. Close. You know, I just added one. I couldn't look it up on Memory Alpha. Is it's, it 809? It's 908. Oh, I, oh. Sorry, I was being a little bit listexic. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> it is the 908th of all of Star Trek. It is indeed. This episode was written by Mae Darman. It was directed by Bob Suarez, who we've seen previously in this season. Cool. Old Friends, New Planets takes place on an unknown star date in the year 2381. Yes. Mariner faces her past in the season four finale. This is the episode that closes out the Nick Locarno storyline, sort of. Sort of. This is the episode that is Star Trek 2 fast forwarded. Oh, you mean because of the Nebula scene? Y yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't really believe up front when Nick Lacarna was trying to convince Mariner that she had always been part of the gang. Like, I didn't get that sense from the flashback, and I didn't get that yeah. sense from the way that Mariner talked about Cito last episode. <laughs> yeah, not, not at all. I mean, she was totally... Uh, I mean, they sh they showed that she's totally idolizing Cito, but the way Nick was talking, it was like she's the little sister tag along. Yeah, well, like, or, yeah, well, I mean, brother. that's kind of how she was, but and I think Nick was trying to convince her that it was like there was the five of them all together. All this time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they were, it was the five against the world. Yeah, yeah, which clearly it wasn't, because she had nothing to do with the whole thing that happened at the end. It was cool to see the four of them together, though. The animated was... Cito Jaxa and uh, Locarno and uh, Josh and mm -hmm. Elwin West, Wesley Crusher. Well, we got to meet. Did we ever meet Josh? Yeah, so that was a cool thing about this whole part of the story about the Colbert Starburst is that we uh -huh. always imagined the basically what amounts to a conspiracy to set up this this event. And it always seems like a very dark time, especially in the life mm -hmm. of Wesley Crusher. So it was good yeah. to see that conspiracy get set up in a lighter way, like with mm -hmm. the tone of Lower Decks. Yeah, I enjoyed hearing Will Wheaton. Will, <laughs> Will Wheaton. 
re- reprising his role as Wesley Crusher and in an animated form. Yeah, I remember the first duty as being a very heavy uh, episode mm-hmm. uh, because it sort of revolved around this death. Uh, there is an interesting parallel that I found here was that the gravitas of this story came from that death of the young pilot. Mm-hmm. And that episode, The First Duty, was written by Ron Moore. Mm-hmm. Ron Moore being the individual who went on to make Battlestar Galactica and then brought in this plot thread where there's this whole character arc that involves several different characters that all revolves around the death of this young pilot who one of them feels responsible for and one of them you know doesn't know they feel you know it's like a whole it's a whole thing so it's interesting that it appears as if ron moore was able to take this story thread that revolves around josh and sort of like permute it into battlestar galactica as well oh so okay i get where you're going with so there was a a a plot in battlestar galactica or a subplot in battlestar galactica that was along those lines yeah 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 like it it sort of expanded this whole thing with josh into a whole big storyline that sort of ran through the whole series it was really neat and of course you're talking about the series from the early 2000s right correct yes okay cool was it part of the mini series or the actual full series oh it's part of the whole series it ran through the entire series Oh, cool. Why why do you think he thought that he could like placate Mariner? Like why do you think that Lucarno felt like he could influence Mariner? What about his interaction with Mariner made him think that I guess it was he put himself on the same pedestal that she put Sito on, perhaps? Mm. Oh, maybe. I think maybe he was he he had the Starfleet officer that he didn't know what to do with, but he kind of knew her, so he kind of didn't want to necessarily have to kill her quote unquote so i think maybe he manufactured this position for her or to bring her into this thing yeah it seems that way i think everything he does is kind of uh off the cuff just kind of whatever comes next uh, perhaps it's he seems like a very maybe he's a wonkly written character because he does he appears to have been able to pull an entire fleet together from disparate races it's an interesting thing that he's done here actually is he's made a coalition that spans races and it seems it's well it spans the different factions of the alpha and beta quadrants and it seems as if he pulled he's pulled together people who the federation has been unable to pull together okay and not to jump too much to the very end of the episode, but it would have been nice to see some sort of coalition like this continue. Yes. Um, because I think that he, this is like the building blocks of something that could be amazing and awesome. So it's yeah. unfortunate this story went kind of the way it went. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I'm talking about what, you know, he reveals to Mariner in the, the trailer, which was that preview episode from last week. Um, where he, yeah. you know, shows her this whole Nova fleet that he's built based around this symbol full of the Car- Colvert Starburst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I like that how he had uh, that symbol throughout his whole fleet. I, I was kind of confused why everything was partially painted red as well, but I guess that was the color of their uniforms back in Nova squadron oh i thought that it was rust <laughs> maybe they couldn't keep up the uniform the uh <laughs> thought maybe they couldn't keep up the the ship's hulls very well and they were just rusting 
Uh, mm, they're kind of rusting kind of fast then if they've yeah. only been there for a few Agreed. weeks. Agreed. You know I mean, we paint a lot. <laughs> it seems like a lot of the characters get a chance get their chance to shine in this episode yes. um i said previously that i was afraid that um you know we were closing down storylines thankfully we opened up a couple storylines in this episode mm -hmm. but everyone including nick lacarno because i think that this nova fleet that he's built were it not built and like tried to be defended and you know announced the wrong way like his announcement yeah. was wrong <laughs> like if he yeah, had yeah, totally. presented it a different way it could have gone better but yeah. really this was a shining achievement for him to make this nova fleet yeah well th it, it certainly was i mean you brought the romulans and klingons or you know a faction of romulans and a faction of R klingons together in the same yeah. fleet and they both yeah. agreed to work together yeah by and ours all them yeah I mean, even even the despicable Ferengi, which of course, it's our impression at least Worf hates all Ferengi. Yeah, there were Cardassians there as well. Let's not forget. Oh yeah, there were. I mean, they yeah. were not really featured in an episode where they captured one of their ships, but yeah. Yeah. You gotta wonder how he pulled this off. What he told them. Did yeah, exactly. Like there seems like he would have a greater power of persuasion than he showed with Mariner. <laughs> yeah. Um but his shine is first mirrored i think by talen because talen has definitely made a choice to be at home on the cerritos okay uh which we saw you know at the end of sort of last episode but also uh here when mm -hmm. she's on the bridge and she's like yeah cerritos strong when yeah. you know because uh, freeman's trying to get everybody or trying to ask everyone if they want to come you know help rescue mariner yeah i found myself wondering in situations like this what if somebody raises their hand and be like uh <laughs> yeah i wonder do, do you get a shuttle yeah you get a shuttle and you just leave, we'll leave you behind like you send you off in an escape pod yeah, do, do you get enough rations to last until you get to the closest starbase or whatever? Uh, plus, I mean, then what do you do? I mean, they're, they, they're obviously the biggest opportunity for a mole or a rat, you know. They're going to go run back to the Federation and say, hey, uh, by the way, Admiral, yeah, absolutely. sir, That's, sir. Yeah, certainly it would be expected that that would be the first thing you would do is go tell. So, yes, we would send you off on one of those escape pods that's non-warp capable but has a Ooh, good strong distress signal yeah. you know so that it takes them a little while to find you you know they're gonna yeah. find you you're gonna be okay but <laughs> you're not gonna ruin the plans immediately yeah here's a week's worth of rations or a month right. or whatever right. point you off in the direction of the closest star base and give you a little nudge yeah I mean, but you knew before Mariner even did it that she was going to give up the ghost when as soon as she got on screen, like, hey, this guy yeah. sucks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the funny thing is, is uh, Captain Freeman is so behind it when she's bucking the system for somebody else. But if she were in this position and if Mariner was going against her as her mom, she'd be totally against it. I guess uh, Mariner is giving a taste of her own medicine to somebody else for a change. No, oh, that's and a good Captain Freeman, Captain Freeman's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Stealing that, stealing the Genesis device. I don't know about that. It seems very. I wouldn't want to jostle it around too much. <laughs> that's why she buckles it in. How many of those do you think there are? 
do you think this is the same? Well, it's obviously not the same one that shows up later in Picard. How many do you think they made? Well, I think that because huh. this is clearly not the same one that's in Picard, but it's sort of yeah. along a similar design. So, like, are we mass marketing these things? Well, I mean, I'm sure there's got to be somewhere on the black market. There's got to be prototype yeah. schematics or something. That yeah. I mean, this was obviously Ferengi built too. So. Huh somebody's wandering around just popping off genesis planets all over the place <laughs> yeah. oh are they making sure there's no uh, silicon life forms or whatever that race was that called us the ugly bags of mostly water I mean, probably not they're probably just popping them off on the planet yeah or- i mean they, they make good i guess they do make good weapons that's what they've always said is <laughs> if you really want to do a genocide yeah is if you set this off on an m-class planet you're going to wipe out that whole planet and replace it with an empty planet but brand new for the taking yes and perhaps a spock and a brand new spock yes yeah this is a steam runner class ship that's what i was wondering yeah yeah it doesn't it seems a little different than a steam runner class ship because it has that little pod at the back okay the the only reason i know that is because once again this week i listened to the audio descriptions uh-huh. and the voiceover says that the steam the mariner leaves in the steam runner class uss Pissarro. uss Pissarro. i was wondering what yeah. i couldn't catch the name every time i saw it i think the steam runner does have that it's just we never get good angles in live action Sure, I think it's a little bit of an updated design as well, though. Oh, okay. The thing that always throws me off is the nacelles are at a weird angle. Yeah. You know, Yeah. according to the what we're used to seeing on the Enterprise or other ships. Thankfully, they're at a good enough angle that Mariner can pull up to not hit this shield, and they can be like yeah. pretty much flat against the shield. Bounce off the boing. Yeah. I kind of love that flyby and and skid just at the edge of your shields uh, uh, along the edge of the bigger shield. Sure, that's always fun. Makes me think of Tron. Okay, I can see that. The Trinar shield made me think of Encounter at Farpoint. It did, but bouncing off of it and hovering over it and flying low and shooting and stuff, that reminded me of the uh, Season 3 of Picard with uh, the Enterprise. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we have to find some new, fun, and interesting ways to show uh, ships doing stuff. Although, I mean, the Picard that flying through the asteroid was pretty cool. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know how much better you could do than that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although I did kind of enjoy the maneuvers that we had as we're doing the Wrath of Khan moment in uh-huh. this episode, flying through the apparently inert crystalline entities. Oh. Is this, could it be a crystalline entity? Uh, like a nursery? Nursery? Yeah. yeah. It could be. I wondered about that. Like, are, what is this place? Yeah. Are these crystalline entity eggs? Is this a crystalline entity graveyard? Ooh. More creepy. They they take them there like elephants. Or they go there, you know, when it's the yeah, time. Yeah, they, they just go into orbit around this planet as the uh, ring system. I just like the details on the ice cubes that they were just all jagged instead of just smooth most of the time when you see close-ups of ring systems all you see is these smooth rocks and smooth ice balls and stuff like this yeah i think these were more like snowflakes yeah that's a good description uh you know attendee also got a a moment to shine because she gets to trade herself basically Uh for this big orion battleship yeah i mean that thing was huge too i mean i was reminded of 
like the ship from Spaceballs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There. That's a good one. <laughs> Wait, but yeah, or uh, Red Dwarf. How about that one? Ooh, the Red Dwarf. Yeah, that's more. Yeah. Like, it is more like the Red Dwarf or the ship from Spaceballs because it's not as angular and wedge shaped as other ships that you don't like it when I mention that. Like, With Star Wars, oh, like an Imperial Star Battle Star Cruiser Destroyer machine yeah. Yeah. flying ship. Is that yeah. what that's called? Wow, I can't well, believe I got a, it right the first time. Imperial Star Destroyer. You got okay. all the words right in, in the right order. Just there we go. Broken apart from other words. I was really excited to see that Miggly Mo was going to be a part of this fight because I kind of knew. I was like, okay, so this is just going to be like, there's a bird problem. Like, you have a problem with birds. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I was trying to figure out what's going on. Why is he just there eating is it popcorn or just birdseed i don't know i you know i think i didn't really pay attention to him Uh because it's he's always just like doing something ridiculous off to the side (laughs) well what's what's with shacks foaming at the mouth to like fight this orion yeah everybody's like primping and preening trying to show that they're the the big man that can do it ransom ransom get in the uh, action as well i wonder how shacks would have done against her I think Shax would have done pretty well against her, to be honest. I don't know that he would have won. Yeah. <laughs> but he would have done pretty well. Well, he would have gotten to half of of her, since she's sure. uh, Shax and a half. He yeah. Would <laughs> it would have been several several rounds, I think. Yeah. Don't know that I would have put my, my money on Shax's. Yeah. You know, I was thinking of a twist that Tindy could have put on this that I don't wonder if the uh, writers thought of is technically what was the name of, of the orion uh beth beth technically beth passed out and was already out for the count yeah by the time I, she fell on i agree with you 100 <laughs> percent. i think that she won i think that she i don't think she won the fight no i think that I, it shouldn't have been called the way that it was called i don't think yeah yeah, because, I mean, she was out and done with, and then she just happened to fall on top yeah. of Miglimo. But, I mean, that could be just, oh, that's Orion rules, you know? Yeah. If you take out your opponent by falling on them. <laughs> yeah. So we got a big old, we got a big old dead battleship out of the, uh, out of yeah. the equation. And then, so, because the engineers are having this disagreement on uh-huh. the ship about like how to fix the ship like what's the best methodology to use to <laughs> repair this vessel they have to have a mediation right and they so they go back to the mark twain thing right mm-hmm. i love the callback absolutely it's funny how the show that's really big on callbacks is doing like uh-huh. a whole episode where they're calling back themselves <laughs> <laughs> yeah but Rutherford gets a chance to shine here uh-huh. because it's his whole Mark Twain solution that saves the day on that. So we're like rolling through everybody's moment to shine. So as we're doing this, I'm watching the episode, I'm like, okay, so we're closing out every storyline and giving everybody like a triumphant <laughs> moment. So I'm getting yeah. scared as we go. Like, oh, we're really oh, coming to okay. some endings here, you know? Well, I mean, they did get renewed for season five, right? No, yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. I I still I still want to see uh Star Trek Mariner. Ooh. It's been 30 years since the events right. of Star Trek Lower Decks season 4. <laughs> and now the Warp Core 4 must return to defeat the Nova star system. I don't know. 
The Locarno star system has yeah. gone amok. I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, okay, so this is jumping kind of to the end of the episode like you did, but that that's okay. Oh, we're pretty close to it anyway. We They they mentioned that, that this could be a place where we can locate relocate some uh, refugees. Yes. So did they use the uh, planet called Locarno in Picard? To relocate the Romulans? Oh, I don't think they specifically said that by name. If they had, I certainly would have noticed it. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. Or in the comic books, it was or did I, I read? The, I didn't read the comic books either. Oh, okay. you should read them and then let us know. Oh, right. I'm supposed to do that. Crap. It's in my reading pile to do okay. list. Okay. The one that seems to grow faster than it shrinks. Oh, I didn't expect them to do this, to use this big long ship as a battering ram, yeah. but it did make sense when the ship started closing in on the shield. It made me think uh -huh. of that moment in Discovery when they're battering down the force shield in the Chiron, in the Charon, the uh, Emperor's ship. Oh, right. Statements had counted down, like, how many phaser blasts it would take to get in. Oh, right, yeah. So, oh, yeah, so in this moment, when we're doing the battering ram, you have mm -hmm. Boimler as acting CO. Yeah. So Boimler gets to his chance to shine as the commanding officer of the Cerritos. Yeah. All right, so everybody's getting, like, their shine on. This episode's pretty cool. So why, why? I mean, I guess he was just in a, the right place at the right time to get assigned as acting captain, because why not some higher lieutenant or... I lieutenant mean, he's, he's beta shift, right? I think so. So if if everybody else was off was ransom off on the on the uh, captain's yacht i think yeah all the bridge crew were off on the yeah. captain's yacht yeah they they like to do that this is like geordie getting his chance to command the ship for the first time and taking it apart into two pieces Ooh. <laughs> it does figure though that the genesis device built by the ferengi would have a paywall <laughs> yeah but where do you insert your lantern i'm sure there's a slot okay I, I like how Mariner notices. Oh, this is it, this computer's got a Ferengi voice. I wasn't expecting that, but I kind of like it. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of liked it too. That's your first hint to the idea that it's going to be a whole Ferengi operating system, which of <laughs> course means you're going to have to pay. It's it's that's a callback to another episode of this season, the, the Parth Ferengi's hard place. Yeah, I, I remember how Rutherford mentions how the, you have to pay for everything. You even have to pay money to the slot machine for to use the slot machine to yeah. pay for the thing that you're paying for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think that the one plot line that saves the day for me and says that we have to come back <laughs> uh -huh. for another season is we have to find out what's going on with Tendi. Yeah. This is sort of a parallel to the end of the first season of Strange New Worlds. Okay. When they took Una away. Oh, you're right. Or was it season... Oh, yeah, it was the end of season one. There hasn't been a season three yet. Yeah, it, it was the end of season one. I didn't make that connection, but that is a good parallel. You know, I was thinking about your uh, Star Trek Mariner, and I was thinking... Mm -hmm. I was wondering if uh, the lower deckers could have... If they could make it a live action version oh oh that would be awesome that would be awesome for a season for a season five or like you said your 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 uh spin-off pilot yeah well i'm saying like pilot. they i would they could do like a whole live action of these characters yeah but they can't make them 30 years in the future though because these actors are the age they are which is the same age they yeah. were when they were on strange new worlds in live action yeah it would be neat though 
I definitely yeah. some live action, some more live action would be great with these guys. I I, I still think that doing the makeup for Rutherford or the uh, appliances or whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. would be probably a, a little bit more expensive. Uh, I mean, Kayla Detmer, and with her, they gave her like contacts. This one, you just have to put a thing over his eye and fix it <laughs> to his face. Yeah, no big deal. I mean, I guess it would be like every time they did, they opened up Data's head and they had the blinky lights. Sure. Yeah, not too difficult. If you could do Cyborg, you can do you can do Rutherford. Yeah. If you can do Seven, you can do Rutherford. Yeah. It's it's very similar. I mean, at least Seven didn't have blinky lights, though. This is true. Well, does Rutherford have blinky lights? I bet you he does. Uh, just, I haven't seen implied. him. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Perhaps they're implied. I mean, I'm sure if you did it in live action, you could put like a nice, nice blue light alongside. That'd be cool. Like a little yeah. little streamline. And you know. I mean, you'd have to do the. Uh, 8-bit version of his pupil and stuff too <laughs> okay yeah it just do like a little led screen cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah i um i really liked this episode a whole lot i did too i was there was one thing where it's like there must have been some time between the end of the last episode and the beginning of this episode because when did they beam up when when did the cerritos get there to beam up their their crew oh that's a good question how they get back to the cerritos yeah i mean i guess if time keeps on moving forward when we're spending all this time with uh time is keep on moving forward (laughs) you know other things can happen while we're visiting with uh mariner and nick lacarno so sure well let's do we're gonna do this really quickly we're gonna go have a have a cocktail with gallifrey and then we're gonna come right back and close out this episode great cool we'll be right back Hi, I'm Jack from Two Minute Trek. I watch Shrek with my dad and then we review it in two minutes. So, if you'd like your podcast to be shorter than a trip on a turbo lift, search up Two Minute Trek wherever you listen to. Let's talk about Treks. Rustling papers, rustling papers. Gallifrey, another another week, another cocktail. You know, this is going to be the saddest cocktail of the season. Why? Well, it's the last one of the season, and we're sort of in a Star Trek desert now. This marks the last uh, ready-to-go Star Trek production that we know is airing. The next uh, Star Trek productions that are coming out are in 2024. So at the very least, we have a November-December desert. I do think Prodigy might be coming back early 2024. I know Discovery's coming back, I believe, sometime in 2024. I've heard rumors of 2025. Okay. Okay. So, we have an exciting cocktail, not quite based on one of the characters from Lower Decks, but one of the characters of the characters from Lower Decks. That is Vindicta, who's the holographic alter ego of Lieutenant Junior Grade, Beckett Mariner. Um, as I put... Oh, as I put this together, why don't you tell us the ingredients? Sure. Ingredients: two ounces of silver tequila, 0.5 ounces of triple sec, 0.5 ounces of phalernum. Sure, phalernum, phalernum. Phalernum. I don't really know what it's uh, called. It's funny how the numbers of the uh, ingredients are still like a little bit bulky feeling. Yeah. Uh, 1.5 ounces of lime juice, 0.5 ounces of orange juice, 0.25 ounces of agave. And one ounce uh, tawny port. 
Yes. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab a spoon He's so I can do the last little bit of the uh, instructions, which maybe you could read for us now. He's going to grab a spoon. He's grabbing a spoon. All right. And then as I shake on you, tell us how to make this guy. Sure. The directions are as follows. Combine all ingredients except for the pork and a shaker filled with ice. You're going to shake vigorously for 30 seconds. You're going to strain into a rocks glass filled with crushed ice. You're going to float the tawny pork by pouring gently over the back of a bar spoon to the lip of the glass. Garnish with a lime wedge. Alright, so as you know, there is no ice crushing machine here except for Jack Dorino. So Jack Dorino went outside, put some ice in the towel, and crushed that ice down. Oh, so here I am now filling this ice into the rock glasses. It's a little more crushed than you would think. It's almost like snow. Almost like snow. And it sort of refroze a little bit. Sort of refroze a little bit. So this is the the extra work for the, the Vindictorito. The extra work for Vindictorito. <laughs> and your lime wedge. There you go. Ice out. How is the uh, canine doing this week? Any more gastrointestinal issues? The canine? Yeah. Uh, I guess he's going on. Okay. All right. So we are all set with all this. Right. It is pretty cool how the uh, the port grows some legs and sort of crawls down the sides of the glass. Yeah. Salute. Salute to the last cocktail. Old friends and new planets. I guess. It's the title of the finale. Isn't that sour? This tastes like something that mm. Luxana Troy would drink. Forgive me for all the slurping. I hate having ice on the drink. It's definitely a revenge. Best served cold. Oh, yes. Uh, Scorch's tagline is revenge. Is a drink best served cold and on the rocks? Go ahead, escape one dimensional villain motivation by adding some spice to your salty rum. <laughs> it's almost like you took wine and like backed it up a little bit. Mm. <laughs> so it's a little bit grape juice mm -hmm. and a little bit wine. I brought some extra glasses so that we can try the special ingredients by themselves so we can know what the taste is that distinguishes them. So I have a little bit of this John D. Taylor's Velvet Falernum, which is a product of Barbados. Ooh, Barbados. Which is, I'm um, usually, Barbados is more closely associated with rum. Yeah, yes. Rihanna. Rihanna from Barbados. Get this Falernum to try. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. That is sweet. Yeah, very much that. That is very sweet. Oh, oh gosh. Oh. It's kind of good. You want this? Yeah, I can't really get it. <laughs> so let's try this. Let's try this pork. I, I usually like a tawny pork. Is that, so the tawny is referring to the color wow. because the. And, and, and it's also referring to the age. The. Tawnies have to be at least 20 years old. 
they have to like sit there and age for 20 years. And once they've done that, they turn, they generally turn from a deeper red color into like a more brown color. This is a little redder than I'm used to a Tony Bean, but it is pretty brown also. Give that a bit. This is Graham's uh, Fine Tony Porto. You have a good pork. I like that. I like that. Yeah, it's it's okay. It tastes a little more red. Yeah, I yeah, expected. Yeah, give me a steak with this. Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Give me a steak with some mashed potatoes, some asparagus. Tony. Tony. Oh. Tony. 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 Right. A Tony for Tony. What is your, uh, what's your setting for this cocktail? I don't know. I don't... Shouldn't that the old folks home? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. This is definitely an old head drink. Yeah, like you go visit your grandma in the nursing home. Yeah. And they're serving <laughs> drinks at the Christmas party. This makes me think of like, is this what sugar plums taste like? <laughs> it's like a, um, like a old, like an old head happy hour <laughs> for the up the old head, up the old heads happy hour. Do you wonder what it's like when you don't have to contend with the ice? <laughs> I just okay. So without the ice, it's kind of giving me like a spiked lemonade. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I kind of get like a spiked lemonade. It's interesting how the lack of ice changes the, the flavor. Yeah, very much that. Um, because with, with the ice, I'm... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just trying, not, trying not to suck up the ice while, while I'm drinking the drink. Oh, sure. It is very different. Wait, let me add the... Port. Turns back into Welch's. Yeah. As soon as you add the port. Yeah. It's like a spike... Ugh, excuse me. It's like spiked lemonade. Yeah, um... It's good. I'm not gonna say it's not good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, I don't know if there would be an appointment unless I had, like, an event. Like, ooh, I could see this for a graduation. Yeah. But see, this again, like a couple of the other ones, this again is like one of them, one of them creepers. Yeah, you don't taste alcohol. Yeah, you don't taste alcohol. I think that's one thing that I liked about these cocktails this season is that you can drink it gracefully without the harsh taste of alcohol overpowering. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you and then you got right. And then you got and then the the simple fact of you got all these different alcohol ingredients mixed together in one, and you not taste one that's like overpowering that's got you with the yeah. sour face you know what I'm yeah, saying like, you know what I'm saying like I, I think so I think they did a really good job with these cocktails this season I was thoroughly impressed with all of them you know they were very different and yeah I mean I give this one I give this one two thumbs up yeah what if you had to use a scale of numbers from say I don't know one to ten I feel like in the last in the last few weeks, I've rated like the other cocktails. Like, yeah, yeah, this one, yeah, this one is in the top four. This one's top two. This one just this, this one is. I don't feel like I would rate it. I would just say it's good. It's good. Like it's like it's a good cocktail. I was kind of lurry on the last cocktail of the season of how it was gonna taste, how right. it was gonna come out I because mean, I it, wanted them to finish out. 
strong. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And they did. You know what I'm saying? So I'm impressed. Kept it interesting. I'm a fan. Yeah, I too am a scan of, fan <laughs> of the uh, Scorch One Seven Hundred One. Yeah, because I'm all right. So I know like a like a like a like a, a cup alone, yeah, but like the spicy cocktail that we tasted. You know, said the season. I was yeah. just like, eh, what are they? What are they going with was this? Super spicy. It was like peppery. Yeah, like, I was I like, liked it. yeah, 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 yeah. But I was just like, where are they going with this? You know, so like, uh, like where where are we going? And then they like kind of like took it back and you know, but like the next week uh, they were just like ah yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like a buttery one. It was a buttery yeah. That was yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was really yeah, good. Yeah. But uh I think maybe we come back next week when Earl Grey and I do our wrap up of season four of Star Trek Lower Decks. Okay. And maybe we can do a quick review of the cocktails. Sure. Sure. And no, see, but uh, this this see makes if we me... can make it through all t- this makes me makes me like okay, so I'm I'm a fan of cocktails, you know. Yeah, yeah I'm a fan of cocktails, you know. Yeah, it, may, it kind of makes you want to do a uh, like a, a an additional podcast just on these Star Trek. Yeah, cocktails. but it makes you want to like create your own cocktails now. You know? Yeah, I had <laughs> I, that you know? thought, and then I was like, well, I can't put them on the show because then it'll be like against the scorch. Yeah, we have some uh, upcoming episodes to do of let's talk about treks and i don't know whether the scorch has cocktails for them yeah so i wonder would you feel confident creating cocktails sure. if, if the scorch hasn't, hasn't sure i love a good drink <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so i don't mean to be that alcoholic but but hello alcoholic but, <laughs> but i will check with the scorch and see if the scorch has some that would be applicable to uh the last few episodes of Discovery Season 4, which is, I think we're now on Discovery 409 is our next uh, recording. And then, uh, of course, the, la- the rest of the episodes of that season. And then we actually have to go all the way back to Picard Season 1. I think um, we've only done two episodes of that season. And then we have, have an entire Season 2 to potentially do. I'm not really sure if we're going to do it. And then Picard Season... Well, we did Picard Season 3. So really all we have is Picard Season 1. And uh, Discovery Season 4. Oh, well, congratulations to y'all. Well, thank you. Hopefully by the time we get done running through those, there will be some Star Trek back on the air. (laughs) But you you got to be touching somebody, don't you? Yes. (laughs) Yes, always laying on top of somebody. You deck a temp when you touch somebody. Look, look at his look at his little arm just on you. Uh, to be fair, this is pretty much most living being. Well, most mammals <laughs> feel much better when they have someone to touch. All right, so I just want to say this was a great season of Star Trek Lower Decks. Yeah. And Scorch One Seven One, thank you very much for doing such an excellent job with these cocktails. Phenomenal. We greatly appreciate it. Phenomenal. I can't wait till next year to see what. See what those cocktails is about. Yes, I'm hoping that Scorch will continue with these cocktails because they are an excellent idea. And I couldn't think of a better way to enjoy these moments of friendship. Yeah. Bravo, stand ovation. Stand ovation. Ain't that right, Cody? Stand ovation. So online, on Twitter, someone suggested that I am the Scorch. They were like, are you the Scorch? And I was like, I'm not going to answer that. Yeah. And then Scorch sent me this video. 
in response to my telling the Scorch that someone accused me of being the Scorch. The Shade. The Shade. Oh, you think you'd Scorch? I'll show you who the Scorch is. He said, I'll show you who the Scorch is. Yeah. This is Pratt. What you doing now? <laughs> Hold up, wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 stop. Stop, this doesn't make sense. Hold up, wait. Who are you? I am you. I am me. No, sir, you are you. Wait, I don't know. Two is two. Got two bust downs, diamonds blue. Five million dollars for a deal, that's cool. I wanted seven, label seven, minus two. Fat chest satisfied, I guess that'll do. Big guap, gratified, uh, yeah. get into the loop. When they bad, though, why they always trying to copy me? Be like me. <laughs> you say you're me. <laughs> yes, I got the trip. Now you follow me. Trying to be, trying to be like me. You inspiring. <laughs> I am you. I am me. No, sir, you are you. Wait. Uh, two, two. Got two bus downs. Five million dollars for a deal. That's cool. I wanted seven label seven minus two. Bad chest satisfied. I guess that'll do. Big guap gratified. Get into the looking out. Yes, I'm the dude. Get into the bad pretty simple one too. Call me Guapanese. That's my language. I'm fluent. If they wanna stand it, then they know we shoot. Well, thank you. And as always, I appreciate Ben being invited to try out these cocktails. Yes. And to the Scorch, we both say thank you very much. Yeah, thank for you. This excellent season of cocktails. Following on, don't forget, this is mm -hmm. the, our second season of the fabulous Scorch cocktails. Second season. It's been it's been a great time. I really appreciate you for letting us feature these cocktails on the show. Yep, and shout out to Let's Talk About Tracks. Let's talk about Y'all go listen. Subscribe on Patreon to get the bonus show, so let's talk about tracks. Yes. All right, Gallifrey, I don't know when we'll see you again, but I hope we'll see you again very soon. Brave soon. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun. It's been real. It's been joyful. The pleasure's all mine. Gallifrey out. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Hello. Hello. I am still Earl Gray. My name is Jack Dorino. And we are still, let's talk about Treks. And we're talking about Star Trek Lower Deck Season 4, Episode 10, which is the season finale called Old, Old Friends, Friends New, new planets. planets. So the new planets would be mm -hmm. the Nicola Carno planet, I would yes. assume. Yep, that's what I'm guessing. 
Now, doesn't that planet, in order to have sustainable life on it, doesn't it need to be orbiting a star? Was this nebula orbiting a star? This nebula of giant no crystals? There's a, they're in a system. Okay. And they have the force field around the whole system. So mm, okay. there hypothetically would be a star at the center of the system. Mm. Okay. Would you call this now the Nova system or the Locarno system? I guess you'd call it whatever the star is, I guess. Yeah. The, whatever the star is. I mean, we don't call uh, our star Earth or Earth 1 or Prime or whatever. We call it Soul. Welcome to Soul 3. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to stick with the formula on that, we're technically Soul 3, but we call it Earth. So you can call the planet whatever you want, but the star is going to have its own name. I'm going to call it Home. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I would assume that the planet would probably just settle into an orbit around this local star. Okay. Which is pr- probably what they have to, or they're some of what they're talking about taking care of this planet at the end of the episode is, yeah. you know, making sure it settles in a proper orbit that it is going to be a viable M class planet because it's got to be within the Goldilocks zone of the star. It probably would need its own lunar-sized moon. Do you think the Genesis device alters the atmosphere of the planet, like, depending upon where it sits in the Goldilocks zone? Like, what if it's just outside of the Goldilocks zone? Could it, like, change its atmosphere enough to account for that and still be M-class? I don't think the writers or I had (laughs) thought that far enough ahead. Okay. Well, listen, I really enjoyed this episode for bringing back shannon phil as cedo jackson yeah i really appreciated having will wheaton back as wesley crusher and i enjoyed the little crack at the end of his voice that he pulled that made him sound like wesley crusher for sure because i wasn't sure it was him until he did exactly that (laughs) yeah i liked going back to the academy scenes and seeing the academy uniforms and seeing the whole setup of the culvert starburst which was such a huge moment in wesley crusher's life yeah, I, I like a plot line that runs not obtrusively through the entire season. Like, I don't necessarily yeah. need a, a full focus of like a DMA or a Red Angel through the whole season. Well, the Red Angel was kind of cool; it was kind of unique. Yeah, but like, I don't necessarily need like a full thrust, something huge going that every episode ties intricately to. Yeah. Um, so I do like the running plot thread that's like, oh, something's building, something's coming, and then to have it come at the end. I do feel like it could have been something, I don't know, something a little more. Maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe it's just because the resolution came so quickly within like two, basically within one episode of finding out what it was and then resolving it like immediately. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely liked how it wasn't obtuse and it was kind of like new who sub episode kind of like bad wolf or sure uh this the silence mm-hmm. and so forth that it was just kind of there and you thought about it a little bit but you weren't sitting there and thinking oh is this the through line of the season you know yeah i mean it was clear from the first I episode mean, it, that it was going to be a through line yeah you know? yeah but it, it didn't barge its way into the middle of every episode yeah it didn't get in the way at all it didn't yeah. get in the way at all. I really appreciated yeah. that about it. It was pretty cool. 
I, I would, I'm hoping that this is sort of like another test of, hmm, can we do it this way? <laughs> because yes, the answer is yes, you can do it this way. Absolutely. Yes, if, this is a really good way to do it. If you are listening, Mr. McMahon, we would, uh, we agree you can do it this way. Yes. Ding. <laughs> this episode gets from me, uh, episode 10 gets a 10. I, I agree. Oh, right. Two tens. <laughs> 10 to 10. Uh, 10.1. Okay. Well, you win. <laughs> no, I kid. I'm kidding. I, I, yeah, a ten. Definitely, I enjoyed this. I I was gonna make a comment earlier when we were talking about the uh, warship. How I liked the the lighting effect that they did on that, and that looked very real and very good when they did that too. You're talking about that steam ship that Mariner had? No, the. Uh, when when the uh, Orion warship oh, the crashed into the shield and it sure, just yes. blew up into nothing, mm-hmm. yeah, and it, it shone almost like something out of Star Trek Two. Sure, yeah, absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. That was pretty cool. The original Star Trek Two, not the yeah. I think that was called something else, wasn't that called like Into Darkness? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All so right. next episode we'll yes. be uh, doing a wrap-up of this entire season we'll talk about all the stuff from across the season and give the whole season a rating it's going to yes. be a lot of fun i hope you join us i will get a little bit more of a chance to uh, give us a little bit better of a feedback on the first what was it two three episodes oh sure yeah i am looking forward to that Awesome. We hope that you are too. Yeah. Until next time, mm-hmm. please uh, remember we can't do this without you. Uh, we appreciate all of your support. We do have a Patreon page if you would like to support us further, which is www.patreon.com slash let's talk about treks, all one word, no apostrophes. And uh, until next time, mm-hmm. stay positive, bring right. big. And you'll hear from us again soon. Support the Kenji. Like you should have known something was up when the symbol was the call of Starburst. Like, yeah, let's talk about Trek. It's a production of Anodyne Relay supported by the Star Trek fan community of listeners like you. We review the copyrighted works of Paramount CBS's Star Trek team, of whom no copyright infringement is intended. You can reach us via email at email at letstalkabouttreks.com. You can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312. Our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as at Trekstalkers, and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mixed with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kako Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay.